Please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostand.substack.com. Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Usual caveat applies for my best of the month roundup. Keep in mind, I listen to literally hundreds of new releases every single month in the worlds of K-Pop, K-Rock, J-Pop, J-Rock, C-Pop, C-Rock, etc. So it's always a monumental task to rank and review the best 20. What stood out to me, which is a big feat when I'm checking out so much new music. So please know I try really hard, think about this carefully, and I'm really trying to be an objective music critic. It's never a personal diss toward your favorite artist if they did not make my list, and stay tuned till the end of the episode when I always have tons of honorable mentions, so your fave might get a shout out there. Alright, without further ado, let's start the top 20 countdown. Best of September. Here is number 20. Chan Mina and Ash Island. Don't go. It was such a pleasant surprise to see this J-pop fave of mine team up with a Korean rapper I'm really into. Really did not expect that. And their vibes go surprisingly well together, and really are kind of 50-50. Chin Mina brings her classic cavalier delivery mixed with emotional lyrics to the table. And he brings his very electronified auto-tune voice with a punk pop twist in a way. Electro-punk rock, often rapid-paced jam. So neither of them sacrificed the traits that are classic in their own discographies when teaming up. They both brought something to the table, and I think the video did a great job bringing the premise to life, with the pacing of it, with how she's exploring different rooms, but no matter what room she goes in, and what color the lighting is, she can't escape the memories of this past lover. At the end, she just sort of takes a deep breath and plunges in again, knowing if she runs from it, destiny will arrive all the same. So she just learns to confront that past she was trying to escape from without finding an escape. It's a really well done, just cinematography-wise video too. Really pulls you into the action. Number 19. Cravity, New Wave. I think with Adrenaline, they set the stage for their musical sweet spot. That was really their identity-finding comeback, I think. Because no matter how much they might take a turn for the more dramatic at points, at the core of their work is always that boyish charm, the youthfulness. And that bright and happy energy is the core of this album, too. Love that it starts off with Boogie Woogie. Great intro track that really blends well into the title track, which is second on the track list, Party Rock. Lots of synth fun later in the album. Again, more emotional moments, but at the core there's still that childlike likability essence in their work. Number 18. For Eve, Jackpot. This Thai girl group continues to really be so underrated. They always mix things up from the social commentary, society's beauty standard, critiquing, message-packed video for exceptional, to the sweet rainbow aesthetic of less is more, to the fierce bouncy son Boucha, to now a very big mix of Eastern and Western instruments and sounds and trends in music all put together for Jackpot which also builds up the suspense well, gets more intense toward the bridge with the sirens and stuff. 
The video shows this mission to basically prove you are the pants in the relationship, and it compared this lover's naivete to finding the right target. When you find a super vulnerable target that you know you can beat in the game, you're like, this is a cinch. That's their attitude. They make their way through a dark red tree-filled, very ominous woods, and move to a bright forest that does have a snake and an apple representing temptation. That's where they find this boy. This boy, the object of their affection. Their easy target to seduce, basically. And the video ends, oddly, where he just takes the apple, his finger-stained gold then, and holds it up to the camera, like the viewer is getting offered the temptation, not the girls themselves. So I hope there's a part two in the future, because there's some loose ends that need tightening up with this story. But maybe it's just that the lesson is for Eve got us under their spell and got the last laugh that way. Number 17. Say the name, 17. Sumika. 4. F-O-R. Alright, first of all, moment of appreciation for the cover art. So beautiful. Should be in a museum, if it wasn't actually inspired by real art in a museum already. Second of all, this is a fun mix of really party-ready songs. Big, celebratory, who-could-possibly-be-happier-than-us sing-alongs. On Glitter, on Shake and Shake, on Jasmine. The other main type of song on here is a mix of percussion, lots of drums and cymbals, with some interesting pop flair. Synths or guitars, just different details that kind of alter the whole direction of the song. The most interesting fast-paced ride, I would say, would be on Kotoba to Kokoro. There are some rock ballads as well. It's really quite a variety pack. So this 14-track release flies by and is just very artfully done, very memorable. Number 16. JB, Be Yourself. I am really living for this heavy 90s influence on K-pop right now. With Yoojun, with J-Hope and Crush, with even Moonbeal a little while back with G999. The very overtly inspired by the 90s sound. Love it so much that it's having its big moment in K-pop. I think it suits him really well. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of what JB releases as Def, his alter ego. I think this more upbeat, hip-hop-driven sound is just perfect for him. I like the fun intro of, like, the announcer saying this is how we get down before Go Up starts the action both in the song and the video. A very fun party, definitely his own personal twist on the trend. The whole album is nice and cohesive, both sound-wise and tempo-wise. Kind of low to mid-tempo. The most interesting takes a while to describe and form an opinion on of the songs is Break It Down, his collab with Sike. And I love the grand finale that he saved his best, widest range of vocal deliveries for the final track. Number 15. Crush and J-Hope, Rush Hour. Seriously, how can anyone not smile watching that video? That video is a happy pill in music video form, and it feels so obvious that Crush and J-Hope would make a great duo. It's like, why haven't I been dreaming of this collab before? Why didn't I think of that? Their chemistry is great, and they both just dance through life. Get everyone else dancing too, it's a big traveling party. It's a parade of sorts, and I love all the 90s inspo in the outfits and the sound. Plus, of course, I'm such a sucker for puns and his This Is Crush Hour declaration and instantly iconic lyric feels like a moment. Like, we will look back at K-pop in 2022 in one of the milestones in that montage looking back will be when Crush and J-Hope teamed up. 
Number 14, Vincent, We Are Young. This really made me remember how just incredible his song, Burn It All, was. When that came out, I was, like, elated. It was on a loop for weeks. The way he sings, he could sing a phone book and be compelling, mixed with the guitar that's simultaneously kind of understated and simple but also powerful. His voice can really carry a song to new heights. The instruments in his voice just work so well together in how they ebb and flow in their drama. He really knows how to craft a number. And I was reminded of that Burn It All style with We Are Young. Really stirring performance. All the drama the instrumental warrants. All the instrumental sound his voice warrants. Perfectly paired. So he sounds kind of ominous. And it gets more and more intense as the song goes on. Then has a really fun twist with this EDM breakdown bridge. I was not expecting, but I'm very here for it. It's like he mixed a remix in the original song in one. Well done. Number 13. Adora. Adorable Rebirth. I don't know if anyone outside of the USA will get this reference at all, but the aesthetic of her outfit and her blue wig and stuff, very Lala Loopsy. I got huge Lala Loopsy energy from this, as well as other quirky characters. She really does thrive in this, the same aesthetics of her trouble travel era, that intentionally theatrical, putting on a show premise. The very over-the-top on purpose live musical theater concept. This time she takes to the streets with it, so it's not just on stage. The world is her stage. Yes, she enters a new world, hence the rebirth theme of this comeback. It ends cute, too, because the crowd sort of freezes, stuck in their poses, until she comes back from stage left, snaps her fingers like, oh yeah, I forgot to unfreeze you. Then the lights can go off, and everyone can stop holding the position. So she has a flash mob of sorts, kind of enchanted vibes, the way she spices up their lives, injects some magic into them. Another thing I love about this very bright and fun welcoming video for Magical Symphony is that the dance moves are those kind that are like twice in their appeal, where they make you think, oh, that's so fun, that looks easy, I want to join in, but if you try, it's probably way harder than it looks, but it's a very cute routine. Magical Symphony is one that she co-composed and co-wrote. Her personal touch is also on the other songs, which have some personality. There's kind of a 50s-ish throwback sound to my guy. There's a funky computer game feel to CBGC, although it's still mid-tempo, not too fast. And then she closes off with a lovely piano ballad, Starlight. Number 12. I'm really sorry, I really tried to look up and work on pronouncing this correctly. Nana Oyan, N-A-N-A-O-U hyphen Y-A-N-G, with Live Today. Live Today is classically her. It puts together some pre-release singles and new songs, which is interesting because the album itself is like one big song, yet the older tracks fit like seamless puzzle pieces in this new release. It's a very, very acoustic-heavy sound, like always. She makes a lot of music just on the acoustic guitar. She also has training studying classical music, which shows in the spatial immersive arrangements some of her songs have. Live Today, the song, really brings that to the forefront with the orchestra enveloping her voice. She's very aware of spatial audio qualities. So it's an acoustic meets dream pop soundscape, and it basically tells a cohesive story. So the first song is a ringtone called Wake Up Call. The last track is the outro, which is like a goodbye violin, a nighttime music box kind of sound to put you to sleep. 
It's also kind of like the Calm app, because as the violin plays, she says, it's gonna be okay, and that's the start of your day, the start of a new page for you. So she's got some kind of qualities that ASMR fans might like, as well as just more mellow people who prefer chill jams. But she does have a very emotional, sad, relatable, relationship-based song in 143. Cute but sad montage of what they used to be like as a couple, and how she wishes they could rekindle not their romance, but their romance in the past, who they used to be as well, when they had those special, joyful montages of memories. I also love on this album that she gave new life to some old songs. She didn't just slap on old singles to this release. Like Falling Back to You, that's an oldie but a goodie that was totally restructured, given new life, a total makeover for this release. So each song feels purposeful, nothing just thrown on there as a bonus. Number 11, Che Yujun from Wikimiki, striking out on her own with Sunflower. I really didn't expect this old-school hip-hop R&B style from her, but she does it really well. Very welcome surprise. And she keeps this solo really sugary sweet, too. Very wholesome stuff. Just hanging out with her friends. They ride with the top down. She paints some sunflowers. She gets pushed around in a shopping cart. Just goofs off with friends. Very likable. They help pick out her outfit, which is the most 70s flower-powered thing imaginable. It's such a rainbow. The video just exudes retro vibes and rainbows. I was also very touched by the meaning of the title track. First of all, the parenthesis title, P-E-L, stands for Power, Energy, and Love. And second of all, she named the title track Sunflower, thinking about her grandpa who drew a sunflower and said it made him think of her. And he has since passed away. Very sweet tribute to him. She helped write the lyrics for it, as well as the B-side Tip Top Toes. The hip-hop and R&B influences are present throughout, but there's more of a synth direction, less R&B-ish direction on Owl. So Yujun definitely proves she deserves this solo time to shine. Number 10, Bernard Park, To Whom It May Concern. So I was in a big music video watching session, catching up on all these new releases, and this was one on my queue that I honestly had zero expectations for. I was just like, okay, totally open mind here. Let's see what he has to show. And I was really blown away by how taken I was by this video. It is so, so freaking adorable. Really made my day. I've rewatched it often since. Even if you're not a huge fan of an artist, it's always worth a try, checking out new music. You never know, it could become your new favorite. That's kind of what these episodes are all about, encouraging you to check out stuff you may have overlooked. Anyway, the new video for All Day is an adorable animated story, really quite an emotional roller coaster. This pilot, they're all creatures, I don't know what kind of animal, but animated creatures, by the way, not humans. This pilot is traveling in his little one-person plane, but has a fuel issue, and crash lands in this island. He wanders through the forest on this island, lost, scared, doesn't know what to do. The inhabitants are all strangers to him. The group of creatures, much smaller than him, which adds to the cuteness, the group of little tiny creatures sees him and gives him shelter. They help give him a place to sleep, When he wakes up, they treat him to gifts, they even sew him a jacket so he's not cold. They make him part of the family, help him make himself at home, and they really bond and have this cute series of memories they make together. 
And he returns the favor, like when one little guy feels sad because he doesn't think his voice is good in the choir, then this pilot makes him a flute so he can still be involved and his eyes just go so big and he looks so grateful, it's, it's precious. But eventually, the pilot is clearly homesick, and so as much as they love their new friend, the team decides to fix his plane for him and give him a nice send-off. So they surprise him with a fixed plane, they've all gathered there to wave, and the little guy plays his flute into the night as the pilot sets off. It is a freaking Pixar movie in 2D animation form. Really, really delightful. That's how you do it. If you don't have time to actually film in person a video, give me a cute animated tearjerker. I'll take it. Aside from the fantastic little short film, the album is a really pleasant listen. He alternates between breathier vocals, a higher register, and livelier, fuller sounds. Giving Tree would exceptionally sound wonderful live. With a live orchestra, that would be fantastic. Number 9. Soul, Imagine Club. It's really fitting that this album is called Imagine Club because it's very much a dreamy vibe. A very atmospheric dreamscape of a sound. Like, it's all kind of mystical, in her own head, imaginative. It all has a very specific vibe. And her smooth voice on these ballads and R&B tracks, really just perfect for that theme. So let her voice kind of whisk you away on a sweet, smooth, cohesive adventure. She creates an interesting, rich sound with different flourishes in her songs. Percussion, piano, strings. She adds a lot to them. They're layered sounds. I love in I'm Always By Her Side, there's this cool twist partway through, and it's like her voice kind of went through a, a wormhole or something, getting sucked into this distorted alternate world. Fun twists like that all over the place. The video, I'm left with a lot of questions about. Long story short, there's a 2D animated shapeshifter that's off in the form of a firefly who follows this bunny ear-wearing little girl around. When Sol wakes up, the 2D image and the little girl are not there, so presumably she's dreaming them up. But eventually, the 2D spirit starts inhabiting stuffed toys and stuff, supersizing one of them, inhabits a bunch of stuff, wrecks havoc, both in the dream to the little girl, and breaks out into Sol's present-day world. Then at the end, that big fuzzy pink creature that was supersized by this force now kills that force with a big clap of its big paws, turns it into basically confetti, just a puff of pieces. So it ends where soul, grown-up soul, and little girl soul meet and comfort each other. So I'm very confused about the future adventures of that pink Muppet-type guy, where he wandered off to after that. I also want to know, was that soul sister, younger version of her? I assumed if it was a younger version of her, she wouldn't have that scene at the end face to face with her. So I am very confused, but I'm very hopeful for a part two. This video really has loose ends still. I love originality. Bonus points for that. And the album itself aside from the visual component, worth checking out. Number 8. One OK Rock, Luxury Disease. Some stellar singles on this one, like Save Yourself, Broken Heart of Gold, which I previously said was the best song of the year last year. Truly so remarkable, so moving. And all the other new songs are filled with that classic 1OK Rock angst. They really do a great, compelling, effective job of channeling the angst of the youth and turning it into their songs. 
It's just such authentic, raw storytelling. And Taka's voice is just really one of a kind. They are just a special, special group. And this album reiterates that. And it has quite a sonic variety, but of course stays true to its pop-leaning but rock core. Number 7. PH1, But For Now, Leave Me Alone. Very relatable title, first of all. Second of all, he has an interesting mix of lanes he goes down. In some songs, it's kind of reminding me of J-Hope sound, that grittier style, the percussion focus, deeper bass. Then he has songs that are more kind of Tyler the Creator-esque in their tempo and interesting storytelling style, ad-lib-filled adventures at his own pace. Then the third category of songs are more his classic rap R&B style. But then again, there's jazzy touches on songs like Issues. The last song, BVE, is a slow, piano-centered song. There's some cool synths and bass in TGIF. It's quite a variety pack, but it does fit into those three main categories. All interesting. Very just an interesting, unexpected release. I also have to admit that the song Shrink Told Me sounds so much like a an LD song from the rapper Lil Dicky. I just have to say it. Sounds like it came straight from his album. The style, the tone, the lyrics, not a bad thing. Just what automatically came to mind. Number six, One Us, Malice. Fun fact, actually, did you know that although an apple is the most common symbol for forbidden fruit, some scholars actually argue that the Garden of Eden story is actually referring to a different kind of forbidden fruit. Some argue the forbidden fruit referred to is a fig, a pomegranate. Some even say wheat. Some say mushrooms. Yeah, I don't know. I guess definitions of fruit were different back then. But anyway, it's not always an apple. And so they took that premise and ran with it. The album title comes from the Latin term for evil, as well as the mythological son of one of the sons of Poseidon, so basically a grandson of Poseidon. How's that to brag to the kids about? Malus pumilla specifically refers to a type of apple, and each of the members say they're basically symbolized by a different type of alleged forbidden fruit through this comeback. They also went with that Eden theme by adding a snake to their moon imagery. So it's an interesting new story for them that doesn't stray too far from the aesthetics of to be or not to be, come back home. I honestly think that deep drama makes for their best work. Those are their best comebacks. The album sets up the drama with this eerie cinematic intro, this really sorrowful but catchy rhythmic rumination on past love in same scent, They have a new level of mature angst coming from them on B-Sides Like Stupid Love. There are some funky synths on Mermaid. And the drama returns in full force for Full Moon. Shout out to Raven, Lido, and Saho, who helped compose and write. As well as Juan Wum, the main dancer, who contributed to the choreography. Number 5. Schumann, Brand New. I am living for these 90s and early aughts influences. Really, really, really just so hyped about this. You just can't not dance along to Brand New. As well as the danceable tracks that follow it. Feedback in How We Do, featuring Mark. Finally, they reunited. Side note, moment of appreciation, remembering their past collab, Young and Free. Those songs are just so nostalgic. And even nostalgic just for early XO days, with him incorporating his Frost superpowers into his new video. 
The video itself is also just a really cute, likable premise where he's both the gift deliverer and the present, the gift itself, the whole time it turns out it was him. So he really goes back to his roots and throws it back musically too. Plus an iconic partnership with Mark. After the dancey stuff, he ends with a sweet ballad and another sweet soft song, Serenity. This really is a gift of an album. Number four, Blackpink, Born Pink. We'll get to the videos in a second, but first of all, sound-wise, this is definitely more of a range than ever for them. They have a introspective to a new-to-them level ballad on The Happiest Girl, where they address kind of the fact, yeah, we have songs about killing all the love, and songs about needing love and being lovesick for it. We understand the contradictions. Kind of just a self-aware song about, isn't love complicated that we want everything to do with it and nothing to do with it? What a complicating force in our lives. Kind of a rock-inspired direction on Tally. Love that song for having spot for all four of them to shine. Rosé's voice gets to shine most with that guitar backing on Hard to Love. There's more of a retro feel to Yeah, Yeah, Yeah about a lighter young love. That one was co-written by Jisoo and Rosé, by the way. Type of Girl is their classic fierceness about flaunting their wealth, basically, and using it to seduce guys. This is very much black and pink, their duality. It's got cute puppy love stuff, and it's got really sassy stuff. And actually to have three different songs marked explicit on a K-pop release, that's downright scandalous by K-pop standards. So they've really matured. The biggest downside, though, is finally when they get to release a new album, it's still eight songs, three of which were released as singles earlier. So fans are only getting five never-before-heard tracks. SMH, sorry. That feels a little... Come on. There's gotta be more bonus tracks in a vault somewhere they could've put on there. Anyway... The album is actually made out of paper that is sustainable, certified by the Forest Stewardship Council. Fun fact, another reason to buy it. I talked about the Pink Venom video in my Best of August episode, and the reason why I think their appeal is so massive globally really is boiled down by that video, Shut Down I See in the Same Light. There's just so much to take in, so much for your eyes and ears to take in. That's why Blackpink has captured so much attention, because at first you might find their video weird, or their songs annoying, but because there's so much there, and you're like, what did I just hear? What did I just watch? You're compelled to rewatch, replay the songs until they're stuck in your head and until the videos captivate you willingly. Now you're a willing audience. So that big larger than life hodgepodge of effects coming together effectively is back. In the new shutdown video, larger than life set designs that nod back to past videos very overtly. Rosé sitting on the earth again. Lisa has her sword again. Jenny has her tank, but now it's bedazzled and covered with her shopping bags. Jisoo once again faces paparazzi, but this time she holds up a camera too, and she took off her wig, so she's more in control now, feeling more confident. One major thing I want to point out about Blackpink's new album. Shut Down kind of interpolates Niccolo Paganini's Little Bell. A song that actually is from an artist who inspired Franz Liszt, who is the guy behind the term listomania. 
The term was inspired by him. Listomania refers to the original case of fangirling, basically. It was traced back to the craze around Liszt, this pianist. And Liszt often tried to emulate the work of Paganini, which makes Blackpink using Paganini's work a very interesting connection to the OG form of being a fan. Liszt actually worked really hard to model Paganini's way of adding all this complexity and layers to his violin playing. And Liszt would then try to add that same degree of complexity to a piano number. And one could argue Blackpink tries to add that amount of layering and stuff to pop songs. Number three, Bandmade Unleash. Bandmate have always really been a standout J-Rock group to me because not just sonically, they're really impressive, but they've always laced a lot of social commentary into their work and symbolized this duality right off the bat because they're playing this hard rock and they're dressed as maids. That's their thing. Big bows and ruffles and stuff, dressed up all quote-unquote girly and cutesy and youthful, and then sending about some really deep, thought-provoking, mature stuff, and playing some really just headbanging tunes. Similar to past releases, Unleash has their unleashed energy, a big chaotic, in a good way energy, kind of frenetic, really fast, really fierce, in your face, demanding your attention. The instrumental lead-in goes to balance, which is about a ferocious love, keeping someone under your spell. But then they get into more introspection on Unleash about feeling tangled in the ribbons. So they kind of reference the bows they wear and how that might actually hold them back. They also intriguingly say, which is the best, good and evil, both extremes. This moment starts to move. Unleash more. Don't be afraid of change. Sense is about letting your wings decide, as they put it, and trusting in fate that things will work out for a reason, being courageous enough to take the first step. They stumble on tracks like Coralium, about just let me drown kind of an attitude, this nihilism creeps in, and then they have Influencer, where they try to cure their problems, basically, saying about, hey, just post away the pain, again, in a social commentary, ridden, ironic way, saying, you know, this will guide me to the answers I am seeking in life, the deeper meaning of life I'll find in this post, everything's happy now, I fixed my life, basically, I got what I wanted, recognition, likes, follows, etc., they still, of course, did not fix their problems. In the end, the album with hate, question mark, a song about feeling like what was the point of all that? Did those posts do anything? And still holding on to resentment for unsolved emotional baggage. Overall, the album kind of takes you through their mind, their trains of thought that relate to each other. So it's one big, fast rumination on society. But it's also very distinct tracks, each with their own sonic standout moments. A particular highlight for me is in Coralium, there's this beyond frenetic fever pitch of the guitar shredding that I'm just living for. Number two, June Limbo. I'm toying with whether or not I will talk about this in an episode of 17 Talk or just a headline roundup episode, but coming up soon, we have so much to discuss about this, and that's all I'll say for now. You'll get a taste of what I'm talking about and why I'm gushing over this release, not just for biased reasons, but more music critic subjective ones too, why I think this is an excellent release. I'll break that down in the corresponding write-up at howtostand.substack.com. So yeah, lots I'll say about that, but I'll save it for later. Drum roll, please, for number one. NCT 127, two baddies. 
You knew that was coming. Full album review and full breakdown of every little detail of that release on a recent episode of NCT Talk, out wherever you get this podcast, as well as at howstand.substack.com. The only new comment I'll make is just that it's really funny now to be reminded, oh yeah, they're not allowed to use brand names on music shows. So instead of two baddies, one Porsche, it's two baddies, one car, which sounds like a lot less of a flex, but whatever. Now let's get to some honorable mentions, because there are a ton. EXID are back to celebrate their 10th anniversary. Their attitude is back. The sound we know and love from them is back. It's like only a day has passed. Mason Days has a very short, just one minute long instrumental that I still think is really worth every second. It's called AIUE. Bish, the J-Rock girl group, has a really flashy new video for Up To Me. It's just quite a spectacle, really interesting outfits, and stage presence, period. Stray Kids are releasing track videos for Maxident, their October album release. We will talk about those videos at length on an upcoming episode, but just wanted to give them a shout out here. Also new videos for older releases from Craxy, who just released Butterfly and Real videos. The Butterfly one is very sweet in particular, cute animations. Some winners for the most pleasant, delightful vocal performances, just the most astounding slash wonderful to listen to, include Jeff Sater, Fade, A.G. with Sunflower, Giselle with her new EP, Therapy Session, especially Ready to Go, that's my favorite, and Kang Minjae with The End of Summer, especially the main title track, Rose. That whole EP is definitely, if you just want easy listening, vocal-focused, not super layered or dense songs. There's also easy listening from Shota Shimizu with Baby I Love You So. But if you want something the opposite, very just fast-paced and fierce, memorable, weird, try Neverland's, the final track on their three-track EP especially, but the whole EP Euphoria is really quite a rollicking good time. Very unpredictable. Speaking of unpredictable... Hi Rain, R-Y-A-N-G, released You're Like Hell, which is a trot song, but it's really not a trot song. Very EDM, very unexpected mainstream pop twists, so it's definitely a danceable one for non-trot listeners too. Pentagon released Feeling Like, their new Japanese EP, which has Japanese versions of Sparkling Night and Feeling Like, but also some new personality-packed, classically Pentagon tracks, like Mr. Wolf. Vision, spelled V-X-O-N, the Peapop Boy group I recently interviewed at howtostand.substack.com, obligatory shameless plug, have a new single called Faya. It's quite unique and really epitomizes why they're doing something different and should stay on your radar. Asaki, I apologize, last time I wasn't sure, it's spelled 4S4KI, pronounced Asaki. Anyway, she teamed up once again with Mishima Soshi for what's basically an unofficial bonus track off of her dope new album, Killer in Neverland. And this new collab is another hyperpop win called Hyper Fifth Dimension. Lee Chainsub of B2B has a very disco-tinged, retro-groovy number in Surrender. Dramatic suspenseful new OSTs include N-Hyphen's One in a Billion and TXT's Free Falling. Speaking of soundtracks, Taeyeon and Mark are back with Lit, which is part of the Street Man Fighter soundtrack. And I also just gotta give a quick shout out to Heyday by Stray Kids on that album. They really one-upped themselves, rap-wise. It is really, really fierce. They are really just getting better and better. 
Speaking of new Taeyeon releases, though, I also want to shout out Skip, the new song from Kangta's album Eyes on You, which is a nice album, but SMH over Kangta releasing an album, compiling all these past singles, but not Cough Syrup, the best out of all the singles he's released in the past year or so. One song that really threw me for a loop, because honestly I forgot that I don't really keep up with them too much, so I kind of forgot that they're not K-pop really, they're opera trained, La Pome with The War. That song really blows me away. Not just for the shock factor of, oh yeah, I forgot you're an opera trained group, but because they really do have intense next level skill. The falsetto, the baritone, it's the biggest range imaginable of pitches and stuff. BTS released the Hyundai version, as it's called, of Yet to Come. Usually, I don't want to hype up ads, but this really is classically BTS. It has BTS written all over it, so rather than it being a song for an ad, it's like an ad happens to be in the song. Because they use Yet to Come, they don't cheapen its message, using this remix opportunity as a chance to show off a diverse array of crowd members all over the world singing along very true to their motto, keeps the song's message intact. Looking for a J-pop boy band wreck? Try Indelible Magic by Super Dragon. They continue to really surprise me with their range of styles, fashion-wise, music-wise, in every way. And they switch it up again with this single, sonically, but also with their dancing, in these dapper suits and top hats in a horizontal line. And if you want a C-pop boy band update, Enjin, E-N-J-I-N, released O, a new album, and an accompanying video that's just really cute. Lots of posing, lots of just smiles, and agio by another name. J-pop star Lisa is back with New Me, the first offering from her November album release. The video brings back to mind Dawn, because in that video, she had this symbolic time singing in front of a mirror. Now she's surrounded by mirrors, so there's a lot to read into. And an interesting thing about Lisa's artistry is that she does leave the source of what you read into. The ambiguities are kept for the details. Not a plot-driven analysis. You're supposed to have more of a symbolic prop-driven analysis. And that's always kept her distinct to me. One of the things that keeps her distinct to me. Luna have a new Japanese release, Luminous. Is it just me, or is it formatted weird if you want to watch it not on your cell phone? Because it's kind of got a vertical viewing format, so when I tried to play it big on a TV screen, it did not look good. So besides that gripe, though, I do like the video. Lots of cute posing, and Luna being Luna, likable no matter what. And speaking of Luna, Chu's new solo, One and a Half, is so, so cute, and such great proof why she has and has always been my bias. She's so adorable. Her hair, her bangs, her big signature smile, all there in the video. She exudes likability with her voice alone, too. With such a cute song about the concept of one and a half. When your lover gets with someone else, it's like they took half of you away. So what made them feel like one whole is now with this other girl, and you're left as a half. Other lyrics kind of about feeling less than one whole person now and feeling like you can become two with her because you have that much more wholeness and she's left a half. It's a running metaphor about numbers, basically. It's a clever twist on the age-old concept. Speaking of band members, there was a mini CLC reunion with Sorn and Yeun with Nirvana Girl. I'm curious what you all think about the video's meaning because you could read into it differently. Because to me, it seems like the video shows her faking it till she makes it. 
Soren wakes up, is letting other people dictate what she wears and looks like, and then she turns into this blonde Barbie of a pop star, and then is smiling big. So to me, the theme is faking it till you make it. Like, it's fake Nirvana, her fake state of Nirvana now. But you could also read it as her growing comfortable in herself. But I interpreted her fashion transformation, her makeover in the video to be her kind of obliging to others' requests of what they think a pop star should do. And so her smile is fake and she's sinning about how, hey, that's the case. Remember that. But that's my take. Maybe her real message is she faked it until she did make it. And now she is as authentically happy as she once had to act in music videos. Really interesting, and I think this is total coincidence, but I just couldn't help but notice that the bright pink top Sorn has looks so much like the bright pink style of the top Britney Spears wears in the I'm a Slave for You video. I just couldn't help but see a similarity there. Such icons we love. Same shade of blonde hair too in that scene. I really liked seeing Soren team up with Yeun, not just to show there's no bad blood between her and the other members, but also because she really thrived. She really thrived on her rap verse. Like, she really showed with this song her solo career potential, so I would keep an eye on her, as well as, of course, Soren. Another underrated female artist to keep your eyes on, Summer Cake. She has a really, really beautiful voice that carries all three of the songs on Potion. There's the bouncy I'm done, the more percussion-focused carrier with some sax riffs in there, electronic sounds. Really all of them have that A-side potential, although ultimately I'm glad she chose Potion as the single because her high note delivery is most impressive on that. And another great female artist who honestly I, I'm torn if I like the new video, but I like that she continues to embody a totally different character with a totally different cinematic source of inspiration every time, so I just love to keep tabs on where her story goes next. It's always a fun surprise. So this time BB, for her video for Animal Farm, changed from a mermaid into, this time, basically a Carrie meets Phantom of the Opera meets Kill Bill. Actually, the ending credits say, special thanks to Kill Bill, so we know that's the overt strongest influence here. The video for BB's Animal Farm, not for squeamish people. Lots of swords, guns, more blood than you can ever imagine. Honestly, maybe even more blood than in the Drunk Dazed and Hyphened video. Like, a lot of blood. Raining everywhere. She's bloody as she plays the guitar. It's kind of an interesting revenge story, because she starts the video with an apple in her mouth, served up like a pig on a platter, and she ends the video shredding the guitar, standing on that same banquet table where she was once made a meal out of. So yeah, the video, maybe not my personal favorite, but I always love when BB releases something new, because I know it will be entertaining. Murray is back with Our Turn. Not sure if the new single, Drip and Drop, is meant to kind of be a wink and a nod to an earlier single, Splash, but whether intentional or not, it is kind of funny. The album also features this wavy synth-filled song, Daydreaming, the bouncy What Are You Doing, the ballad Falling Stars, and my favorite, Welcome to the Future. Murray continued to have such a cohesive sound, a hard-to-describe, very, very specific route they take for each of their albums. I wish I could tell you to go stream Rocking Doll's new album, but I haven't been able to. I don't know if it's just not on Spotify, in the USA, or what, but Rocking Doll's new album is not available right now, unless it is under a new profile. So if anyone wants to help redirect me to it, would love that. 
They're such an underrated group with really interesting world building. Their whole alien, reaching Earth, falling in love with humans plot. Just really wishing this comeback had more promo behind it. T024 has a new video for On My Side that was very worth watching, but honestly fell flat a little because it had a weird premise I wish more went into. It shows this duo, I guess of best friends or lovers, you pick, wearing these mascot heads, these really weird looking mascot heads, that they never take off no matter what activity they do together. And they could have gone way further with that concept. Had a big face reveal, had a big I'm not the beast you fell in love with kind of moment. I don't know, they could have done something more with it. But it was worthwhile to watch and it's a good song. Ravi has a new album, Love and Holiday. Gotta love a series. There was Love and Fight, now Love and Holiday, which ironically sounds a little more dramatic at times. I mean, he has a whole song called Joe Goldberg, the name of the protagonist in the show You. So some odd choices throughout the album, but it's classic Ravi, so if you like that sound, which I do, you'll get more of that, the auto-tuned but artfully electronified vocals with that pop rock sound. He's very much still in his very specific lane. I will say though, one of the best tracks here is Do Not Disturb. The raps have an extra oomph and things take a turn for the bouncier and more R&B-ish. If you want a bit of a slower one, yet it still has some intense rapping too, it has layers to it, check out the guitar-focused mirror. And there's also a cool slow drums and bass and camera where his voice sounds kind of echoey distant and adds a different type of emotional tone to the song. As for videos, he has one out for Kiss You, which is quite a nice trip down memory lane with live concert footage. Claris, an animated, yes, a virtual duo, have a new EP masquerade that honestly, look, it really goes off. It really does. No joke, I would love to see them as holograms or something perform it live. Like, it is live musical theater material. Don't knock it till you try it. It's full of just delightful sound effects and surprises down every turn. Very fast-paced celebratory. You would have, just by listening to it if you didn't know who Claris are, no idea it was a virtual group. It would just sound like like any other cool eclectic group so check it out with an open mind the rose at lawn lawn last are getting their appreciation with their new label their new tour finally having their own light stick it's just time for as they call it the heel era they are healing and i'm loving their rebirth as artists the music video is quite profound because it shows a bunch of naked people on an island, it seems, or in the woods somewhere, somewhere isolated. But it's not like a sexual thing. It's not this overtly sexual premise. So it prompts people to reflect on the video like a work of art, like sculptures, just about being in your, your rebirth form, your most human form, how you came into this world at birth, hence the premise of rebirth, of healing, starting over. They have lyrics about, you know, even if the world pollutes you, don't let it rob you of your inner child. It's kind of a paraphrase, but that's the basic premise. It's a very profound song, lots of thought-provoking lyrics, and a video to match. I also love the promo strategy. Wusun did something similar before for a solo release, where they have like an online scavenger hunt. You try to find clues in their social media posts, which will lead you to passcodes and trackless title reveals. You can type in the passcode to enter into a giveaway, this time for a personal voice note from the guys. Really great way to get your social numbers up, and a smart way to just up the enthusiasm. Kim Jae-hwan, Empty Dream. 
He really does know how to bring as much vocal prowess and emotion into his work as a full group would. Loved him in Wanna One, really think he shines as a soloist. Even more, he really has found his own unique musical color. The True to Him sound is back, very ballad-focused, smart idea to make the single a rock ballad, power ballad. There's a more stripped-back ballad, a wistful song, in Goodbye Morning. I personally think the best song is Oasis. It changes up his delivery, wasn't expecting that. If you prefer just more upbeat synthy stuff, he's got you covered too, with Love Strike. The overall premise of this album, Empty Dream, really profound. He put it this way at a press conference, that he felt like in Wanawan, in a group, he had become very content because he had reached his dream, but then he realized life is all about striving for dreams. So once it comes true, you're like, now what? Why do I still feel empty? Why do I still not feel 100% euphoria? Why is it not pure euphoria? Why do I still feel like something is missing in my life? Did not expect this. And reckoning with that odd downside of seeing a dream come true, realizing the hollowness his life could take on now without having something to strive for anymore, that really just left him in thought. So he said, I use songwriting basically to fill up that empty space, fill up that hollowness that now greets me. So his dreams are revived with his sense of joy and motivation, thanks to the passion he puts into making new music, pursuing more music-related dreams. So real powerhouse vocals throughout, some nice but not too drastic variation from song to song, and a really profound message behind it. I don't like to dwell on dislikes of the month, but I will admit a couple big disappointments, and I'm curious what you think about them. You can be honest, but not too harsh either. And Mix have released a polarizing new single called Dice. I honestly think the issue is that their songs are a turducken, like one song is always shoved into the other one, and that's why they're so polarizing. Because some people just love that, and some people are kind of jolted by it. I think they could please everyone more if they they could keep that up, if that's their thing, is the mix pop, as they call it, a subgenre of pop that's all their own, where they mix songs together. They could keep that style, but maybe just make it more seamless. Not just the overt and mix switch it up moment where they just totally change course, but maybe a more seamless transition to the switch up part of the song. If they made the transitions, I think, much more smooth into the surprise in the middle of each track, I think a lot more people would be fans of it. I think they have potential, and I don't want to be too harsh, but their music is still not my cup of tea, and I think that's why. I think if they want to make it a thing, that their whole thing is two songs in one, I hope they work on doing that. I hope they try to keep in mind the need for a flow as well. I do like that they use the fun word, Entwerf, for the album title, though. It's German for design. Another release I had high hopes for and was sadly let down by, although I am curious what you think, TTFU by such an A-list roster of AOMG members, Kugi, Loco, etc. So many A-listers coming together, I was so psyched. That chorus though, ugh, needed a little more work, a lot less repetition, just more to it. It's like they came up with that chant and never added anything and built a song around it and just not for me, gets on my nerves. Would love to see that power team reunite for a new and improved song though. Now back to stuff I love. I like to celebrate what I love way more than just roast what I don't. You've come to the wrong place if you want some brutal takedowns or something. As for the best English releases of the month, 
one of my favorite non-K-pop, non-J-pop, etc. groups, just English language through and through groups, Palais Royale is back, teasing their very exciting new album with another single called Life with Stars. Speaking of stars, Lil Nas X has a new song, Star Walkin', which I'm really into. Rina Sawayama continues to have this very distinct style to her pop bops on Hold the Girl. And Lola Zuai with Playgirl, Simply Pop Perfection. Also just want to give a quick shout out to the Japanese duo Femme. F-E-M-M. They have a new compilation of some of their best hyper-pop songs called The Six. That's actually from August, but I'm just throwing it out there. You should check it out. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. You can read more about these picks at howtostand.substack.com. The corresponding write-up with this episode will be out within a week. Thank you guys so much again, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!